Living downright cutting, buddy, buddy Wish I missed the past, buddy, buddy But there's still buddy cast No, don't be naughty, go meet everybody Here on buddy cast It's Wednesday, buddies, and you know what that means. Another episode of your favorite show, BuddyCast. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen, and joining me today is a new buddy of mine, animator and host of his own podcast, Draw To It, Mr. Brian Finley. How you doing today? Doing good. How's it going, everybody? How you doing? We're glad to have you on the show. Yeah, I'm very glad to be here. I'm excited. Yes. So I got to start by asking, what got you into art? Okay, so uh, ever since I can remember, and I'm talking four or five years old, like I'm cartoon guy, always drawing cartoons, always looking at the TV, wanting to draw the cartoons, uh, watching the Disney shorts, and just like, I want to do that, not knowing what it was or how to go about doing it, just, you know, that's what I want, so uh, that that sort of followed me all through elementary school, junior high, high school. Um, when I got to junior high, my my first grade in junior high, my art teacher used uh, the Lamb Before Time as a way to teach us composition, color theory, uh, all the, all these uh, tricks of of art where. And it, and it blew me away. And I was like, wow, somebody, animation really is an art form. I'm, I want to do this. Uh, on the flip side of that coin, when I got to high school, uh, my high school art teacher kicked me out of class and screamed at me, you're not an artist. You'll never be one. Get out of class. Because all I kept doing was animation style artwork. Um so I was very confused by the time I graduated. And I'm like, oh, which way do I go here? But uh, yeah, it, it's just always been there uh, for me. It's it's in my DNA to, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's how you discovered your passion for animation? Yeah, I mean, I, I can remember being five and watching uh, Ferdinand the Bull, the mm-hmm. Dis- Disney short, and just turning to my mother and saying, I want to I wanna do that for Disney and not even knowing what I was saying. I, I just knew that somebody made that what I was watching. So I wanted to be one of those somebodies, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Nice. Now, you mentioned Disney. You also worked with Disney yourself. You made your dream come true. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So that's a, a bit of a funny story because I... I was sort of of the mindset of even when I went to animation college, you know, working for Disney was, you know, way up there as the ultimate goal. But the reality of it made it it just sort of seemed impossible. I grew I grew up in like a, a small town in the Maritimes in Canada. Um, I was part of the first year of a college offering animation and uh, it it just everything just seemed like part of Hollywood and Hollywood seems so far away. So to actually work in the animation industry, that became the new goal, let alone work for Disney. Um, and, you know, eventually you graduate and you start your career. And I, I did work for some smaller studios and uh, uh, even ran my own studio for a while, which uh, ended up blowing up in my face. But um there there came a point where 
I, I guess I was about 10 years into my career and I started to 10 or 12 years and I started to think, uh, I, I think I want to try for Disney again. And I had just sort of decided that in my mind. And when I, I started telling people, uh, ended up, my sister heard about it and she lived in Kelowna, BC, which is where Disney had the club penguin office. And just one day she saw that they were looking for people and I didn't want to apply. because I, I didn't like my portfolio was not Disney portfolio ready. I was still revamping it. Right. But she kept hounding me. She would not shut up about it. And, uh, and she was just about to get married. So she said, if you apply, that'll be my marriage gift. I'm like, oh, sweet. I, I'll dodge that bullet. I'll apply. No skin off my nose, right? Yeah. So so I send in my portfolio and apply. And then instantly it's out of my head. Like I've totally forgotten all about it. And I'm back to the grind of, you know, trying to revamp my portfolio and level up and whatnot. And I ended up getting an email from the recruiter and uh, that began uh, what I, I compared to American Idol was an eight week process of there's about 150 of us from what I was told applying for one or two jobs, two positions at max. And each week you had to get make it to the new shortlist. Right. Mm -hmm. So there were there were drawing tests, there were animation tests and more interviews and eventually i got to the part where they flew me from one side of the country to the other to interview me and i thought well even if i don't get this job this right here happening to me is i'm good i won you know mm -hmm. and uh so they flew me out there for a face-to-face -face, uh job interview and <laughs> i started off because i'm a person of high anxiety um, so I started off the job interview by uh, basically telling them I wasn't very smart. And uh, the producer put, put her hand up and she's like, wait a minute. Uh, you're, you're telling, you're starting your job interview by telling us you're stupid. I'm like, uh, well, pretty much. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And she's like, all right, well, let's see where this goes. And uh, it ended up being the best job interview I ever had, like laughing so much. There was just so much laughter and they ended up offering me the job. And uh, that, was, that was about 2011. Uh, Jul I think it was July of 2011. Mm -hmm. And yeah, uh, that began th about three and a half, four years of every day at work being like when you watch uh, the making of on one of their movies, you know, they show the behind the scenes and the animators and all that. That's what it was every day. It was so cool. <laughs> yeah. I got to say, I've never heard a story where someone started off a job interview like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, you, you know, I like to lead with my worst foot forward. So uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, it was, uh, it was great and intimidating because uh, all those are any one of those artists working there could have been at the feature film level. And that surprised me because I thought I thought there would be like a noticeable 
uh, quality difference between uh, Disney Interactive versus Disney Feature Film. But when I got there, I was like, holy cow, everybody is way up there. And I, I just had the worst uh, imposter syndrome ever. You know, I'm like, I don't deserve to be here. They're going to find out I'm faking it. They're going to fire me. It's over, you know, uh, the end of the week. And I pretty much felt that way for about two years straight. And then I, I kind of fell, finally got my my momentum, found my groove. And, you know, it, I managed to relax my last year and a half there. So, <laughs> yeah. So now I got to ask, who were some of your favorite characters that you were able to draw during your time at Disney? Well, we right. had we had to draw all the characters associated with the brand so all the penguins that were quite mm -hmm. popular you know and they change every month they would change right because it was a massive uh multiplayer game online mm -hmm. um, so whatever whatever the trend was that a character had been designed for so at halloween we'd have like werewolf penguins and you know, the holidays, we'd have Santa penguins, mm -hmm. uh, action figure penguins. We did a, a Monsters, Inc. crossover. That was super cool. Ooh. Uh, yeah, we did a Muppets crossover. That was super nice. cool. Yep. That was cool because I had to do storyboards that were being given to the director of the Muppets movie so that he could shoot Muppet footage for our commercial. So that felt kind of cool to me. I'm like, wow, he's he's shooting based off my storyboards. Whoa. <laughs> you know? So the resume. Yeah, I mean, like I said, every day was just uh, an amazing opportunity after another, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know not everybody feels that way about their Disney experience, but I do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You should be on it. Disney's a big company, you know, because Disney's the big, a big shot. They have anime. I know animators who I went to college with who do amazing artwork that dream of Disney. Like that's their dream job. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, uh, that was definitely me. Uh, mm -hmm. but, it, but I never had that confidence uh, that I could achieve that. Right. Mm -hmm. And it, it took other people to pressure me into it, right? Like I said, my sister just being annoying. Do it, do it, do it. Like, oh, fine. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Disney that says sometimes you just need that kick in the teeth to get you started. Or very true. Very true. Sometimes you never realize it, but the kick in the teeth is the best thing for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, most times, you know, yeah. we we get stuck in our own head, and we're like, oh, you know the self doubt is there and it eats away at you and mm -hmm. it, it can, it can make you not even want to try. And, yeah. uh, you know, that, that's the worst is just not to try, but we, end, we convince ourselves. Oh, I don't stand a chance. Right. Mm -hmm. So. Exactly. It's all about making that It's all about putting that one foot forward and taking the first step. Then yeah. you realize, Hey, this is a lot easier than it looks or, Hey, this is a lot better than I imagined, you know? Yeah, yeah. You mentioned yeah. like you even had some motivating fear, like you had that, you know, uncomfortableness of like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm worried about this or that. But sometimes it's that motivating fear that gets us to do better, that pushes us to do what we do, you know? Yeah, it, I mean, 
it will either paralyze you or motivate you to get across the finish line, if only to get the situation over and done with, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, there's one story. Um, one story when I was working at Disney, uh, my producer had to go to L.A. We had to meet with uh, Disney Records because uh, we were doing a crossover with, uh, oh, what's the show? Shake It Up. Mm -hmm. we, were, we were doing a crossover with the Disney uh, live action show, Shake It Up. Uh, so we had to go to L.A. And I had to go as the, the storyboard artist. And my job was to draw in real time as all the executives were brainstorming how the commercial was going to look. Now, I, I'm very high anxiety. Uh, any news, even right now, like my anxiety is way through the roof and I, I wrestle with that all the time. Um, normally I have anxiety sweats, uh, which I had in this meeting. And, uh, so I'm there, I'm there drawing in real time, sweaty hands, just pouring sweat. Right. So my pencil lines are smudging, uh, I'm getting like sweat stains on, on my clothes. Plus I'm a big guy. So I'm, I'm that fat sweaty guy in the meeting. So, so then that starts to feed on my mind as the meeting's going on. So I'm like, God, there, everybody's looking at me. I'm just a big sweaty pile of mess, literally drops a sweater, like falling off my nose. It was hot. Yes. But the anxiety, right. It was like a panic attack through the whole meeting and I'm drawing. And as I finish them, I got to pin them up on the wall and I got to point it out and, you know, pitch at the same time. Right. Just very, very high anxiety uh, situation. Uh, but we made it through. Uh, the executives were happy. The commercial got approved and we went into production on it. So, you know, it, it worked out fine. But one of those moments where I'm like, God, I just want this meeting to be over. I just, I got to do it. I had two choices. I could think of a way to leave the room and then that would look bad on me and I wouldn't be part of that thing happening. Or I could deal with the fear and then just get across the finish line. Right. Mm -hmm. so, you ever hear that? You ever hear that saying fear has two meanings, forget everything and run. Or face everything and rise. I've never heard that, but I like that a lot. Yeah. 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 You can either run. It's like, it's like with Pete says, you can either run from it or learn from it. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever drawn Rafiki before? Uh, only as like fan art, not professionally. Yes. Yeah. But, but yeah, fan art wise. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. So now I'm going to give you a little self-promotion here. You have a podcast yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, how long have you been doing this one? I've been doing this since June. Okay. And how has it been for you? I, this is, this is a passion of mine. This is something I love to do. I love to meet new people like you. Yep. I love just hearing their stories, hearing, you know, um, and I've had some notable guests myself. Um, I've had actor and comedian Sinbad on the show before he had his stroke. Um, yeah, yeah. I've had some good comedian friends of mine, like Greg Morton, who was on America's Got Talent. Mm -hmm. um, from Disney, I had um, both Martin Kleba 
and um, Kevin McNally from Pirates of the Caribbean. Very nice. Yeah. So yeah. It's all, at the same time, I love just chatting with everyone else. Like I chatted with my with my neighbor who lived next door to me for at least 20 years, who yeah. is a musical therapist who uses music to like calm people in traumatic situations, like at hospitals, you know, people who are on their deathbed, they found, or like people who are going through a major surgery, they found like music can be a, that can be like a, uh, like medicine for that. So. Well, that, that's super cool. I, yeah. I mean, I rely on music. Uh, I've got a playlist for every kind of mood. I you think. Yeah. You yeah. I, I'm a big, as you can tell by the fedora, I'm a big Rocky Balboa fan. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always, I always say my favorite song on earth is going to fly now. The training song. Yeah. It always motivates me. Like I used to be part of a ministry and we would have workouts at 5 a.m. So you can imagine me at 5 a.m., you know, running laps, doing all these different things. And they would have the same, they would have the same playlist playing the entire time. And they had the rock song. Literally, when that moment happened, when that song came on, I would go from, (laughs) 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 you know, it's funny you mentioned Rocky Balboa because it's one of my go-to analogies in my own mind. Uh, not so much to to be the ultimate champ, but in Rocky one, he just wants to go the distance, right? Yes. And yeah. that that is what I connect with. I I just want to I just want to know that I was good enough to to go yeah. the distance, and and yeah. you know, uh, I don't I don't need to be the best. I just want to know I could go the distance. Exactly. This wasn't a saying in the movie, but it was a general highlight of theirs. Every champion was once a contender who refused to give up. Yeah. 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 And that's what I love about Rocky. Like I remember I showed it to a friend for one time, the first time they said, so I love the movie, but why do you love it? Why do you? And I said, you know, like, or why do you love the story of Rocky and Adrian? And I said, you know, first off Rocky, was started out as a nobody started out as just the guy who just wanted a chance yeah was doing everything in his power and that's when he met adrian that's when you know he could have had after his fame after his fortune after they got his name out he could have had anybody yeah anybody in the in this like it could have just been he could have just walked up to someone in a bar and said hey i'm rocky balboa yeah 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 but he 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 never forgot that adrian was was the one by his side the entire time that source of strength right and i relate to that as well because my wife is my Mm -hmm. adrian like we my girlfriend is too my girlfriend my girlfriend is the reason there's always that there's also a saying like behind every great fighter stands a woman worth fighting for you know Mm. and that's that is my girlfriend she's by my side the entire time um even when i started this podcast i told her about this dream that I had, like mm-hmm. I told her, um, I've always wanted to do something like this, meet people, chat with them about their stories, just do that. But I want to do it as a podcast. I want to do this as a live stream. I want to make sure you're on board with this because I don't want this to interfere with our relationship. I don't want this to interfere with us. Like, I don't want you to feel like you're being put on the back burner yeah, and like that. So if you could, you know, if you could, can I have your blessing for this? And she said, not only do you have my blessing, but can I be your first episode? <laughs> yeah, my and, wife was my first episode. Yes. Yeah. And the funnier story was, I tell this all the time, the funnier story was before that we didn't meet in person because we, I mean, we FaceTimed every day. We, you know, 
we knew each other well enough that we knew we were in a relationship. But uh, but she's in Massachusetts. I'm in Pennsylvania. So there's that distance between us. But yeah, so our first episode was all about long distance relationships. You know, mm-hmm. facing the pandemic with all the uncertainty of like when are we going to see each other for the first time? I always joked around and said the day I finally meet you is the day I'm going to propose to you at this rate. You know. Yeah. So we were just chatting all about that. And then the episode ends. It was a great episode. And then we are on FaceTime. She goes downstairs to like grab something. And her mom goes, hey, is that Nick? Yeah. Put him on uh, mute real quick. There's something we want to tell you. And she said, you, your father owns that camper. And um, he was looking at this campsite in Nick's hometown. I think we're going to go for it. Oh, I so cool. Fainted. She was like, <laughs> so cool. Later on that night, I came home from work and I could tell there was just something on her mind. Like, I could just tell, I'm like, something's eating you up, isn't it? And she's like, you know what? And she actually made drawings for me. I actually, do I have them right? Uh, nope, I packed them away. I'm in the process of moving studios right now. Oh, but she made me this like drawing slideshow and it was like, through all the memories we've been through so far, like, um, the day we met, the day I asked her out, first Valentine's Day, the day we said I love you, yada, yada, yada. And then yeah. the last one was on this day, and it said, we met in person. And I'm like, oh, that's sweet. And then like three seconds later, wait, what? What's going on? <laughs> so we oh, met in person. And it was honestly, it was so natural. It was just, we yeah. clicked just like that. So, yeah, definitely. Um, it was or, definitely worth it. It makes so much uh, difference when you have somebody there who's rooting for you. Yes. And uh, but also somebody who's there to hold the mirror up and say, "Look, you're you're being a jerk, or mm-hmm. you're, you're not coming through on, you're not being your best you." And mm-hmm. that that's important too. Yes. And I, she, I, as long as you can let your guard down and accept that that the trust is there right yes yeah exactly it's t- it's i say it's tough love you know it's that they're not doing it to like criticize you and bully you into something like oh you're not they're doing it because they care for you and they want to see you succeed so they're doing yeah. it out of your best interest like it's like when you're it's like when your parent tells you something like you know like when your parent says like hey you're doing this wrong it's not because they want to be the you know, the jerk who says, you can't do anything, but they literally don't want you to be like stranded in the middle of the highway at night with a flat tire or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got four kids too. So those, uh, that fine line of tough love, honest love, and then motivational love, which mm-hmm. maybe, maybe if a little kid says, how does this drawing look? And maybe instead of all oh, that's, that's horrible. You say yeah. oh, that looks pretty good. What if you tried this? You know, yeah. you gotta exactly. you got to build them up with confidence and uh, realistic criticism that they can handle. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it, it, but my wife won't do that with me. She'll just say, "Listen, I don't think this is working because you're doing this, and I think you can do better." Mm-hmm. Now, I'm finally at the stage where. I don't take it as uh, you suck, you know, you're and because when, when I was growing up, uh, that was the type of feedback I get a lot of from, you know, people 
uh, adults in my life, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, being called stupid, all that kind of stuff. So it will make a person very sensitive to criticism. And mm-hmm. then if you're an artist on top of that or a creator, content creator, whatever, I mean, you put so much passion into what you're making. If somebody says one small thing, it can really trigger you, right? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. you know, you've you've got to learn to to trust that person Does didn't wake up that morning and think, oh, I got to make their day as miserable as possible. So I'm going to mess with them. They're not doing that. They're yeah. thinking, I'm... I, I see this could be better. And I know, I know my husband or wife, spouse, partner, whatever wants it to be better. So I'm going to let them know. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So back to your podcast real quick. Oh yeah. Sorry. I, just, yeah, I, I took a hard right. <laughs> We're good. Yeah. Okay. So the, the podcast, uh, yeah. Drawn to a podcast comes out every Monday. Uh, on YouTube, and then Sundays, uh, the audio version comes out. It's on Apple and Spotify and nice. all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, I started that because of my anxiety. Mm. Uh, I started it. I I needed to. I needed to figure out how to push past the fear. My my anxiety was starting to grow again, and the COVID stuff didn't help when that kicked in. And I could see myself uh, going backward with my progress to a point I didn't want to get to because I, I had been in that um, agoraphobia kind of kind of stage before. And I could see myself going back to that. And I, I just didn't want that. Right. Mm-hmm. And I had all the equipment just from years of working in the industry. And, you know, it, it was always cheaper to buy my own equipment if I needed a voiceover actor to come over or whatever. So yeah, I just, one day I said, let's do it. Convince my wife to be my first guest. And uh, she said during the first episode that, cause uh, I also have ADHD. So I, I squirrel out on new ideas all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. And she's like, well, I, I hope this idea you stick with and, that, that was over a year ago. Haven't missed a week uh, with the exception of the holiday week. So, uh, yeah, yeah. And it's been challenging. It's a lot of work and they're so rewarding, though, like therapeutic and inspiring. Yes. And when you have a guest on, like I had uh, I had some of my animation heroes on my podcast how they agreed to be on my podcast, no idea. But boy, I took advantage of it. You know, I, I was hey, like, hey, yeah. And uh, I, I've had some of the top animators on my podcast just sharing their story of, you know, how they started out. And I always try to start from like high school because uh, that that was a big moment for me. High school was like, I, I just remember feeling lost. Cause I, I wanted to work in animation so much, but didn't know, I didn't even know colleges taught it. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I had no idea how to make it happen. So that, that's sort of like an iconic starting point for me. And uh, 
something I think a lot of people can relate to when you graduate high school, what's next, right? Yes. How do you make your dreams happen? And uh, so I always try to start from that, that beginning origin story. And then after that, that's the only scripted question that I usually have is, you know, what did you do after high school? Um, and then after that, it's just, it's so different for everybody. I, I don't, I don't do scripted questions. I, I just let, let the conversation dictate what we're going to talk about. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, so inspiring. Mm-hmm. 100%. You hit the nail on the head. It is therapeutic. It is like, I always like you, I wonder, you know, how in the world did I get Sinbad on this show? How in the oh, world, sure. like. Like, how in the world did I get this? Like, if you were to go back even just two years ago and tell me you're going to be running a show that has this character, this person, this person, this person on the show, I would have honestly looked at you and went, can I have what you're having? (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) I know. Me too. I mean, if. Yeah, if somebody had said you're you're gonna first of all, I hate photos of myself, right? Because uh, I'm a big fat guy. I'm going through a process right now to lose weight, and it, it's a whole thing. But I hate looking at myself. I have I have no I have the worst uh, uh, dysmorphia issues ever. And so yeah, let's start a podcast where I have to stare at myself for an hour or two. Uh, while I'm editing and and then also have to stare at myself while I'm making promo material and, uh, you know, managing the YouTube channel and all that. And it's actually per, it, I've now gotten to the point where uh, when when I see my mug in front of me, the, you know, this old punam right there in front of me looking back at me, I don't feel the urge to want to punch myself now. Like I'm like, hey. Okay, I I can accept this now. Okay. So right right there is one of the reasons I did the podcast. I, I mean it really was started because of insecurity in myself as a person, as an artist, as an animator. All of the it was all about insecurity. And I really wanted to find out how many people who have achieved like monumental success, how many of them had moments where they're like, Oh, I can't do this. I'm not good enough. And, and so far every guest has had that. Mm -hmm. And that was so reaffirming to me uh, to hear that, like the world's top people in animation were like, yeah, I I felt like I was going to get fired the first week. I'm like, really you? Cause you know, they're so far up there. Yep. You know, yeah. Go ahead. I think it was C.S. Lewis who says, hey, true friendship is born the moment one friend says to another, wait, you too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's uh, that's become a real common thread with all the guests I have on because I, I don't just have, okay, so the guests I have on. That was my next question. <laughs> okay. They are, they are related to animation either directly or the art form they're in uh, is compatible with animation. So I might have like a a musician on, you know, 
that's adjacent to the animation industry because music can be a big important part of animation so even if they didn't ever do anything for animation their story um the struggles of being a musician trying to make it professionally has very strong parallels to an animator um and in a creative period but it's not a big jump for an animator to say, yeah, I, I can relate to that, that sense of rejection over and over, you know, because while, while a singer might be working on vocals, uh, an animator is working on a portfolio and you, you keep trying until somebody eventually gives you a shot, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Now, have you, have you ever had like any other notable guests on your show? Like who are some people that stand out on yours okay so i'll give you a, an exclusive uh, i haven't hinted at this uh this month uh my my first uh big celebrity guest in in terms of acting is coming on uh william sadler mm. uh he played death in bill and ted's excellent adventure or bogus journey i think it was first and then the newest one and he's done like so many other things. He's one of those actors where when people see him, they know him. He played the president in Iron Man 3, I think mm. it was. And maybe maybe other Marvel movies too. I mean, his list of credentials is just super long. But he's also done voiceover for animation. He is a musician, a singer. Uh, so there's a lot there. And he's he's coming on, so I'm very excited about that. Nice, yeah. Hey, coming from the audience, I wanted you to read this. This is a good buddy of mine. Okay, yeah, he's a good magician and um, truly a truly great pal. Okay, great, Trent. Yes, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. Wrench, <laughs> like a like an Allen wrench. Okay, wrench, great. great. Yeah, you. I would have butchered that so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it says i understand insecurity all too well but i gotta say you're very natural and engaging few people can be that way in front of a camera well i gotta tell you i right thank you for that but i i feel so on because i mentioned uh uh before we did this podcast that live streaming is one of the things i've gotten a little bit comfortable with but not fully mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, I'm I feel like a hot mess right now, but I really appreciate that. <laughs> hey, you're doing great. You're doing fantastic. You know, great. I've, I've had plenty of I've, this show's had plenty of boo boos, as I call them, you know, like plenty of uh -oh moments. Yeah. Yeah. We're not even in the ballpark of those. So, <laughs> OK, wonderful. Yes. Just don't, don't start using foul language and uh, yeah, you know, all that fun jazz. Yeah. So. But now I got to ask, what are they, you mentioned you've got a really big guest coming up. Are there any other plans that you have brewing for your show? Yeah, so I'm in talks right now to do a, a regional television version of Drawn to It podcast uh, mm -hmm. for uh, one of the Canadian uh, cable providers. Ooh. Um, so what that's going to look like is still sort of being like molded and, you know, the early stages right now um and otherwise it's sort of keep on keeping on and evolve as 
I, not not in a contrived way, but if if an opportunity comes up to level up some gear or level up the set or something, just sort of plus things, you know, in a <laughs> in an organic as I can afford it way, you know, because I'm I'm working with like pennies, right? So <laughs> yeah, totally understand. Yeah. It's all about it's all about what you put into your show, you know. It's always about like you put so much into it and you get like almost nothing in return, but like you don't get any monetary value, but what yeah. you get is like friendships. Like I, you met my friend Trent. Yeah. So you're an official buddy here on Buddy Cast and how. So it's Sweet. all about meeting people. I go I don't call them guests, I call them buddies. So Yeah, yeah. I love that. And I I yeah. like the logo and uh Thank you. Yeah, I, I think you're on to something big time. Oh, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. So real quick, where can we find your show? Okay. So on uh, YouTube, uh, gosh, I forget the link because I only ever just caught, if you just put type in drawn to it podcast on YouTube, it'll come up. You'll see the logo of a caricature of me uh, looking all goofy and weird. And then, you know, if people would subscribe and you can watch, we've got 52 episodes now. And, uh, they run an hour to some of them have gone as much as three mm -hmm. um, because the guests are just so big in my mind. Like, you know, these animation heroes that I, I don't have the heart to cut them off and I just want to let them go because they may never come back. Right. So. Um, so, yeah, we've done a few in that Joe Rogan length of uh, three hours, but normally they're about an hour, hour and a half. And uh, we're on Apple and Spotify and uh, dtipodcast.com is the website URL. So, yep, right there. Thank you, Trent. Mm -hmm. And by the way, as you can tell, I am horrible at self-promotion. I can't crack the code on promoting. I can't figure out how to drive traffic to the hey, podcast. Everybody is here for it to help you. <laughs> you know? That's what we're so bad at it. That's what BuddyCast is here for. So now I want to ask you three questions I always ask my guests that come on the show, my buddies that Ooh, come on the show. Okay. It's like that show. Uh, what, yeah. What's that show with the bearded guy? Hmm. Um, actor Studio. Ah. It, he has three questions at the end that he always asks. I yep. like the first one is, in your own words, what does it mean to be someone's buddy? Hmm. That's a good one. Someone's buddy. Uh, well, if you're going to be someone's buddy, you should you should care about their best interests, um, and you should always uh, be a person that they can count on to never um, stab them in the back. You know, to to just that that loyalty. There should be loyalty and genuine um, care. You know. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. My next question is where we like charity on this show. Mm -hmm. So if you could have our audience donate to one charity of your choice, what would it be and why? Your local food bank. Um, the reason why is because uh, more often than I would like to admit, my family has had to rely on food banks over the years. Uh, or your local church during the holidays, we've had to rely on that as well. 
this year was the first year we were able to not take from them, but give back to them. And that I, it felt so good. Um, it was emotional, like crying kind of good. We were able to sponsor a family and we were able to, you know, just do a few things that, um, just made us, us feel it. Okay. Finally we can, you know, cause sometimes you feel like when you say thank you, people are like, yeah, whatever, you know, <laughs> and, and they're just Cause sometimes you feel like you have to say it so many times in your own head, right. That you need so much help all the time that, you know, cause people, people don't mind helping once or twice. Right. Mm-hmm. But when it becomes like, you don't want to be, a, yeah. And, but the, the reality is uh, sometimes it's really hard for people, depending on what they're going through to get back on that self-sustaining uh, momentum and uh that yeah so food banks and churches yes yeah. a lot of people need them today because of the, what's going oh, on yeah. yeah yeah so and now it's time for what we call the ultimate buddy cast buddy question okay ready for this okay what is your advice for anyone who wants to go into animation <sighs> i used to say don't <laughs> um just because it can be such a such a grind of a career it really is a tough competitive career mm-hmm. but if you are determined to if that's your g- dream and you're going to chase it um then my advice would be to just put the time in and practice 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 and keep your ego Wherever you are, make sure your ego is nowhere near you. You have to learn to accept criticism so that you can grow. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you can't be thick-skinned, animation is not for you. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So be thick-skinned, accept criticism, and practice. Practice. You got to learn. If you're doing 2D animation, you got to do... You got to learn the human anatomy. You got to do life drawing, uh, quick gesture poses, and and then you know apply that to the principles of animation. If you're doing 3D animation because you don't like to draw, you still got to do the principles of animation: good posing, acting, steady films, uh, steady characters, and uh, maybe take improv classes so that you can you can really understand how to be a character in that moment. Yeah, that's beautiful advice. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being a buddy here on yeah, Buddy thanks for having me. Yes, absolutely. It's been a pleasure. And I have one favor to ask you before we leave. Sure thing. Do me one favor. Don't be someone's buddy today. I will. Definitely. For all my buddies out there, this is my new buddy. This is my new buddy, Brian. And we will catch you next time here on your show, Buddy Cast. All right. Bye bye. <laughs> well, the days are going fast, buddy, buddy, we've got to make them last, buddy, buddy, before they've all gone past, buddy, buddy, tune in to Buddy Cats, don't feel like it make it.